Could another former Ram be coming to Detroit? And we'll talk to Sam Monson, PFF, coming up on a Thursday, Locked On Lions. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's good, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thursday, February 23rd and a Friday, February 24th. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're watching on the Locked On Lions YouTube channel, thanks for subscribing and checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Lions today brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and the National Basketball Association. Don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Follow us on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, at Locked On Lions on the Twitter, the Matt Derry Facebook fan page, and as always, watching us on the YouTube channel. Sam Monson is going to come on from Pro Football Focus, Always love the podcast that Sam and Steve Palazzolo do at PFF. The elite NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus. Sam's going to join us momentarily. Big news today that the Rams have released or are going to release and mutually part ways with all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is 32 years of age, still in very good shape. I know I was bashing Jalen Rams the other day saying that he was turning 30. But Bobby Wagner is one of my favorite players in the NFL. Middle linebacker that just knows how to play. And for years, seven-time Pro Bowler with the Seattle Seahawks. Eight-time Pro Bowler, excuse me, with the Seattle Seahawks. Last year, did not have a great September, but then came on as of late and still made the second-team All-Pro for linebackers with the Rams on a bad Rams team at 31 years of age. He's now turned 32, and he's available. The Rams are going to let him go. They signed him to a five-year, $55 million deal uh, going into last offseason. And so they're going to save themselves some money. He's a cap casualty. Bobby Wagner's gone. Uh, Hand raised right here. Sign me up for the Lions. Seriously. God bless Alex Anzalone. Gaines Media's Alex Anzalone and Derek Barnes and Rodrigo and all these guys that have played linebacker for the Lions. But I'm a Bobby Wagner fan. Bring him here. A middle linebacker that knows how to play, yeah, he's not the same player, all right, as he was in Seattle. But Bobby Wagner's smart. He's a ball hawk. He's the captain of the defense. I think that would be an awesome pickup for the Lions. Um, it's not going to cost. I don't think it's going to cost him eleven million per se. Now Bobby Wagner's got to agree to come to Detroit, but he's looking for a contender. Certainly wants to end his career with a winner. And the Lions are a contender now. At least in the NFC, they are. So if I see some rumors about Brad Holmes going back to talk to former Ram. Now, again, Brad Holmes wasn't in L.A. when Bobby Wagner was there because Wagner's only only there one year. Brad's been here, too. But if you want to play that Rams pipeline game one more time and get a guy like Bobby Wagner, I'd be all for it. I think Wagner's really good. Um, Not the same player. I understand that. But... The Lions could pick him up, sign me up. 
I think that would be awesome. So let's keep an eye on that. Again, free agency is not for a couple more weeks. Got the combine coming up next week and everything else. Uh, but Wagner would be, I think, a stud, you know, veteran leader, middle of your defense, you know, green dot on the helmet player. Uh, I would be, I would do cartwheels if the Lions could get a guy like that. But we'll have to see if Brad Holmes wants to go in that direction. All right, coming up next, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. PFF will join us. First, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Look at it, look folks, it's back. Built right there. Salted caramel. Love this thing. Uh 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. Doesn't get any better. That was my breakfast today. I love Built Bars. You got to try them. They're healthy and good for you, but they also taste fantastic. Peanut butter brownie churro, coconut almond, every flavor is covered in 100% real chocolate. All of them. I had the salted caramel today. I'll probably take a little cookies and cream with me tomorrow uh, as I uh, hit the road for a day. Uh, but they are covered 100% real chocolate. They're good for you. you. got the protein, only 130 calories. It's fantastic. Check out Built Bar's collection of everything you want and the coconut uh, puffs and the marshmallow puffs at built.com. Also, they got built bars now at Walmart. Get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And at Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box for brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. It's built bars at built.com and Walmart and Sam's Club. And hey, Matt Derry here to tell you about our friends at Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about my this uh, mobile game app. It's a lot of fun. You can tell how much fun I had. This year, we competed with all the uh, Lockdown hosts. A uh, shout-out to Chris Carter, the winner of the Lockdown League from the Lockdown Steelers. But anyway, Ultimate Football GM is a lot of fun. you got to check it out. You can hire coaches and coordinators. You draft players. Uh, you pick up players in free agency. You are the general manager at Ultimate Football GM. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go and as you want, when you want to. All right? Lockdown Lions listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKDOWN in the game store. That's in all caps, LOCKDOWN. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. It's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. As promised, let's bring in Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus, lead NFL analyst for PFF. Gives us a couple minutes today here on the program. What's up, Sam? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. I'm doing good. I'm doing well as well. Great to hear from you and see you. So the Lions, here we are. You know, they become America's team now, Sam. Uh, <laughs> as you look at the offseason, combine coming up, Free agency in the draft, how do you kind of view Detroit, and do you see them being the favorites in the NFC North? Yeah, I think they're in a good spot. I mean, we saw this was a team obviously moving in the right direction throughout the season. Um, we've loved for a long time kind of the process of how they've gone about this rebuild um, and done it in stages and done it over a period of time and, and obviously been given – the breathing space to do it over a couple of years and not have to win, you know, immediately and, and next year, right now I need everything. 
So I, I think it's all started to come together. It doesn't mean that every move they've made has been perfect and they need to, you know, potentially go in a couple of different directions to ones that they thought they may have had covered, but they're pretty close now. And, and having built this thing largely inside out, I think this offseason is all about sort of uh, finishing off the, the perimeters and making sure that they're strong away from the ball at corner and wide receiver. And those would really be the focus as this offseason. Let me ask you, I, I mentioned this before you came on, but Bobby Wagner is going to be let go by the Rams. I know there's that Rams, Brad Holmes, Lions connection, although Wagner wasn't in L.A. when Brad was there. I've always been a huge Bobby Wagner fan. Do you see that as a fit for Detroit? Yeah, I mean, Bobby Wagner is one of the best linebackers of his generation. I think it's him and Luke Keekley that were the, the two best in the league for a long period of time. And opening opening night last season, Bobby Wagner got absolutely cooked in that game, looked like he was done. And we were thinking, oh, that that's the end of his career. And, you know, it was a great run in Seattle. And then we thought we'd give it a go in, in the Los Angeles, and it just wasn't going to happen. But really from that point on he bounced back and was as good as any linebacker in the league and you know he's not what he quite was athletically you can see he's lost a step here or there but he's so good mentally that he understands the game so well he can put himself in the right position more often than not and his fundamentals have always been incredibly sound he's been the best tackling linebacker in the league since i think takio spikes probably he just doesn't miss tackles unless he's injured and playing through something um, and, you know, Detroit, they found themselves a linebacker as well. I think Bobby Wagner would be a really interesting veteran presence to add to what is otherwise a very young defense. It's interesting because we're not used to hearing this, Sam, in Detroit, and you know this. I heard you and Steve talk about it on your show, but, um, you know, Bobby Wagner wants to go to a winner and wants to go to a contender, and oh my gosh, people are actually saying that about right. Detroit. <laughs> right, so and all not... of a sudden that doesn't rule out the Lions. Right, so, and you look at it and you go, all right, Anzalone's a free agent, they've got young linebackers, Rodriguez is going to play, certainly Barnes is going to play, but I don't know, I've just always been a Wagner fan, like you said, and it's just sort of weird to hear Detroit in that mix, whereas for years you never heard that. Yeah, no, I think it would make some sense. Like, it, it's a match that does that does match up. By the way, speaking of contenders, uh, certainly if the Lions were to win the division this year or at least get there, they got to go through Green Bay. And, uh, Aaron Rodgers is out of the dark. Yeah. I mean, it's the world has come to in 2023. Like, <laughs> like we're, we're reliving now. There's a darkness retreat involved. Do you think he's going to stay there? What do you think? don't know. I, I think... I think what we're seeing with all these reports that are saying the exact opposite things to each other, you know, some are saying he's definitely gone. The Green Bay Packer moved on. He's going to be somewhere else. And others are saying, we're talking to somebody high up in the building. That's all really overblown. Rogers is going to be back next year. I think really it's a product of nobody outside of Aaron Rodgers knows. Um, and I don't even know if he knows yet. Like we are all sitting here waiting for whatever he decides to do. Um, I doubt that the Packers have made their mind up, but I think they quietly like him to to want to go somewhere else because if if they're not going to do it now, go to Jordan Love. It's it's never going to happen. They'll have basically wasted a first round pick and an entire you know potential future quarterbacks rookie contract without having any real idea what he is. 
Sam Monson with us, Pro Football Focus, on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam, lead NFL analyst. Uh, you wrote a, a, a piece today about guys that are going to break out in year two, maybe they didn't have great rookie years, and you put Jamison Williams on that list. Uh, what do you see from J-Mo, and, and how, how good do you think he can be? And, and you obviously said, you know, breakout year, but what, what do you think that means for him? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody that watches his tape would have to expect him to have some a serious impact next season. He has that speed and quickness and just burst that very, very few players have. And even coming back off a torn ACL, you can see he moves differently to other players on the field, and that's going to scare defenses. And obviously, year one was kind of like a redshirt year for him. They, they didn't get him on the field until late, and even then he was on a pretty strict um, – restricted snap count you know 10 20 snaps in a game never saw the ball come his way more than a couple of times i think next year with a complete offseason to get healthy he's going to be a pretty big part of this offense um and i would expect him to get you know 75 plus targets in the year rack up 700 yards get a bunch of gonna get a few touchdowns a handful he's going to be i think that designated deep threat in this offense and, and really complement Amonris and Brown and, and play off each other and, you know, really open up some space. It's interesting because some people believe, you know, that all these free agents are going to come back and, and be in Detroit next year, uh, re-upping, you know, Jamal Williams or John Kaminsky or, uh, you know, Deshaun Elliott. What about DJ Chark? And, and, and could Jamison Williams not have a breakout year if Chark's back? I mean, it's almost like there's a lot of receivers there. And you mentioned they could still add another one. Yeah, it's possible. I think they're probably likely to let DJ Chark walk specifically because Jamison Williams is probably now ready to step into that role. I think Chark was a really nice kind of one-year gamble because he has the potential to have that kind of season. It didn't work out. I, I doubt they kind of re-up for another go-around at that because, as you say, not only have they got Jamison Williams there, but it could potentially take away from what Jamison Williams can be. So I think it's just a sort of ready-made transition period now for them. Sam, what about, uh, you mentioned before, um, uh, you know, cornerback and maybe another receiver. And I want to get to the draft in a second, but what's your view on Jeff Okuda? And obviously, they have to make a decision in May, uh, by May 1st, about his fifth year, but likely going to be back for his fourth year. But how do the folks at PFF, how do you kind of view Okuda? And is this sort of a make or break year, or do you think he's a lock to stay for two more years? I think it is a make or break year. We saw last season he started to to make moves in the right direction, but I think he still has a fairly long way to go. Um, the first couple of years were pretty much disastrous. This past season he played a lot better, but still wasn't great. You know, we're, this is not the guy we expected to see when we were projecting him into the NFL when he was drafted so high. So if he doesn't show another pretty significant step forward this season then I think it is going to be difficult for them to commit to him long-term. War with Sam, I want to ask him about the draft. Obviously, numbers uh, 6 and 18 belong to the Lions. Maybe they move up, down. I want to get Sam's thoughts on that. We'll do that coming up next. I want to tell you first, though, about our friends at FanDuel. It's midway point of the NBA season. Games are back tonight, folks. That means it's a perfect time to download that FanDuel app, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet on everything. Money line, point scores, and of course, threes drained as well. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. We love FanDuel. 
official sponsor now, an official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Go to fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Sam Monson with us. We love him from PFF, our buddies at Pro Football Focus. A shout out to Dave Selfaro as well, the, uh, as well, the uh, dean of Lions fans at PFF. Um, Eric Eager used to root for the Lions. Then he uh, he's left for greener pastures, right, Sam? But uh, <laughs> we love Eric as well. Tell, take me through. So you look at the Lions. How do you view 6-18? and 18? There's a theory in Detroit that they can't take a corner at 6, even though Witherspoon and others are really good because they screwed up the Okuda pick when he was third. Uh, how do you kind of look at where Detroit sits right now in that first round? Could they move up? Could they move down? How do you, how do you, how do you look at it? Yeah, I mean, moving around is, is always a possibility. Uh, moving backwards more than forwards, I think, would make more sense. I, I wouldn't let the Okuda pick dissuade a team from doing anything this year. I, I just don't think that's a particularly good process. There was nothing wrong conceptually with the drafting of Jeffrey Akuda, he just hasn't worked out as they expected him to. But that doesn't mean you don't take a corner that high. Look uh, at Sauce Gardner a year ago. You know, the, the Jets take him at four overall. He's not only the best rookie corner last year, he's the best cornerback in the NFL last year. So mm. it can work out absolutely fine. And if you're picking at six, you probably have the choice of the best corner in the draft. I don't think one is going to go before that. And if that's Devin Witherspoon, which I think a lot of people would have there, I, I think he is worth a pick that high, at least based off the tape he showed last season where, um, you know, 90-plus PFF grade, the guy hits like an absolute freight train. He allowed a passer rating into his coverage of 25. Um, obviously, it's a, a relatively low sample size of really elite play, but he showed the ceiling is there. So I don't think that's a bad pick um, that high, even though the last time they did it, it didn't work out. <laughs> that's like when uh, the Lions took Hawkinson and everybody went up, oh, Eric Ebron 2.0, uh, when they took a tight end that high. But um, how, as far as how you guys look at it, how big of the gap is it between Witherspoon or let's say Gonzalez or any of the other corners? I don't think it's a big gap. Um, I think his play last season, if you could guarantee you were getting that guy going forward, then I think it's probably a bigger gap. But the fact that it's only one season, that it's you know a low sample size of truly elite play, it's always got to make you tap the brakes just a little bit. Um, but it's a good cornerback class this year. It's maybe the best one we've seen come along in quite a long time. So even if you don't take a guy at number six, I think you can definitely find corners in the first couple of days that are all capable of coming in and being starters is miles murphy in your mind kind of the safe number six let's say the lions stay at six the will andersons are gone the strouds are gone jalen carters are gone is murphy kind of like the plug and play at six safe pick in your mind yeah probably um i just i don't know that detroit needs that edge rusher this year i know it's a popular pick for them and a lot of people are trying to give them that built-in compliment um to aiden hutchinson I, I really loved what we saw from James Houston. I think there's still some guys on that roster that they expected more of and might not have been wrong. You know, it didn't happen last year, but we might be able to see more of it this season. I, I wouldn't necessarily force an edge rusher early in the draft, um, particularly if it's close between, you know, an edge or a different position like a Witherspoon or, or even a wide receiver, maybe not at six, but, you know, I, I don't know that they have to go that route but certainly miles murphy is a guy that there's a lot to like about his game the numbers back it up the 
Steve Palazzolo's draft model from our, our podcast loves him as well. It would, I think it would be a sound pick for them. When you look at, you know, it, it, the Lions have a decision to make. Brad Holmes for two years has done nothing but draft defensive linemen. He loves them. Obviously, you got Hutchinson, you got Pas- Josh Pascal, owns Arike and McNeil the year before. Houston, you mentioned, who's kind of a hybrid. Um, but he's got a decision to make on Charles Harris or Romeo Quara. I would assume he's going to keep one and dump another for, for cap purposes. But you're right, there's, there's more depth on that D-line maybe that we don't even think about. Plus, they'd like to bring John Kaminsky back. But I have a feeling Kaminsky could command some money elsewhere, don't you think? Yeah, possibly. It's a very strange free agent group this year. Um, it's not a strong class overall, but there's a lot of players that can come in and be solid starters or contributors, depending on the position. And I think it's really a free agent group for smart teams, you know, for well-run franchises that already kind of operate this way, which is we let somebody else go after the shiny objects and the the crazy money and the bidding war up front, and we focus on the lower value deals, but the ones that are going to be the best um, bang for the buck next season. That's kind of what the entire class is this year. Sam Monson with us from PFF. People say maybe the Lions, there's a big, this was Daniel Jeremiah the other day, Anthony Richardson at 18, you draft him and you stash him. Um, what do you think of that? Jared Goff has two more years, and quite honestly, they love him in Allen Park. So I, I, I could see Jared Goff being the quarterback here a long time. Yeah, I think it's possible. I I guess it always depends how they view this draft class of quarterbacks. Um, It's a very strange group. Like, there's four guys that we think are going to go high in this first round. Maybe all four of them go in the top ten. But I've seen all four of them at this point mocked number one overall. I've seen all four of them slip a little bit in the top ten. And if Detroit values one of those guys as the best quarterback in the draft and all of a sudden he ends up sliding he's the guy that starts to slip down the draft and maybe it is anthony richardson he ends up being there at 18. like if they think he's the best quarterback in this draft you'd be crazy not to take him at that point right so i think it depends how they view these guys and the viewpoints on them are going to be all over the map because it's a very strange group where each one of them has got you know, strengths, each one of them got something to be scared about, um, which means that almost anything could happen. But I, I certainly wouldn't rule out the possibility of them just deciding that it's too good a value at 18 after they've already made a first round pick at a position, you know, that they, they think can come in and help right away, even if they like Jared Goff as that much. What are you doing if you're the Bears, Sam? You, you're the GM of Chicago. Who do you like? I would um, keep Justin Fields. I would trade away the pick. I would try and get to number four. I think the Colts probably want to make a move, grab their quarterback. If I could get to four, pick up a first-round pick next year as a kind of hedge, as a Justin Fields insurance in case he doesn't work out, and still end up with either Will Anderson or or Jalen Carter, to me, that's an absolute home run for Chicago. Um, Obviously, it, it depends what the offers are that come in. There's probably an offer that would make me trade away Justin Fields equally there's probably an offer that would make me go down further than number four um if the right deal came in but I think they're in a great position of strength to just sit there and be open for business and see what deals get put on the table Sam always love the conversation thanks so much anytime thanks for having me Sam Monson with us PFF at PFF underscore Sam on Twitter and uh, does a great job at Pro Football Focus, their lead NFL analyst. This has been a Thursday edition of Locked On Lions.